My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show. TGIF, my friends, thank God it is Friday. You know, after such an absolutely crazy week, I've got an absolutely special guest on for you all today, and uh, you're going to love what this young man has to say. What he's got to say absolutely shreds the narrative that so many are pushing out there that we can't get up or get ahead because of the color of our skin. So you're going to want to share this episode with everybody you know. If you're watching via Facebook, please hit the share button on Twitter. Please retweet right now on YouTube. Thank you for watching. Share this with your family and friends. And if you're listening via the David J. Harris Jr. podcast, you're getting not only my shows, but also some amazing one-on-one interviews. Real quick plug, get your Don't California My State t-shirt in my store. Don't California my Texas, because that's where I'm at. But I've got every store in the nation at davidharrisjr.store. All right, let's get into it. Friends, you will recognize my next guest. Well, if you watch my uh, posts on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, you'll see him. And his, this video absolutely went viral all around the world, especially rocking our country, because uh, what he has to say just makes so much sense. If you did not see King Randall on the Roland Martin show, uh, a clip of it went absolutely crazy because this young brother is saying exactly what so many of us are believing needs to be said, that if we're going to do something, we don't need to wait for the government to do it. We need to get up and do it ourselves. Here's the clip. We have to get out and go do for self in our own communities. So, okay, so, reason- so define do for self. When I say do for self, you shared one of my tweets, uh, my videos, and I was actually a big fan of yours, but you shared one of my tweets uh, when I said black people need to stop begging the government and go and do for self out in our communities. You shared the video and called me an idiot. I didn't see anything idiotic about that statement No, 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 no. So when you say do for self, like what? Mm-hmm. Explain that. Okay. Okay, for example, uh, here in Albany, Georgia, we complain about our school systems a lot. Many of our young men can't read. Uh, They have very horrible literacy rates. We don't have any rehab programs here uh, for juvenile uh, offenders. What I decided to do, I started a program two years ago, decided to do for self, um, and I started taking children into my home. Uh, I started taking custody of kids from juvenile court, and I started molding them and training them and teaching them skill trades, et cetera. Now I'm 21 years old. I just purchased a school here in Albany, Georgia to come back us being in the government-funded schools that are not teaching our children's, children what they need to learn. Um, so that's what I mean by do for self, simply getting up and going out and do it. So I have a question. the stereotype that I'm young, black, in America, and I can't do anything because somebody's holding me down. So, Absolutely not. So a question. Me, you, me and some you, teenagers went and, go ahead, me and some teenagers went and bought a school, and we just bought a school bus simply from going out and doing work. We decided to go fix our own communities. I'm not expecting anything from no politician. I'm not expecting nothing from Donald Trump, Joe Biden, or nobody. We're going to go do it for ourselves. And that's what I believe we need to be doing. I can vote, sure, but nothing's going to change in our community. So you are you kidding me? <laughs> that was fire. So much truth in there. And that absolutely shreds, destroys the narrative that no matter what the color of our skin, we can get up and go out and do something for ourselves. My guest, King Randall. King, What's going on? So nice to have you on with me today, my brother. How are you doing since this video has gone crazy? How is your Man. world? How is your world right now? 
man, I had to get an assistant, man. I've been on so many little podcasts and interviews and folks want me to come talk here and talk there. It's it's crazy. But, you know, my biggest thing is trying to make sure I still am doing the work with my children. Uh, that's the biggest thing for me. And I actually got a shirt made yesterday. It says the hype doesn't stop the work. Uh, and that's the biggest that's thing true. for me. But I've been trying to manage it, but I've been grateful for all the support, man. It's been so beautiful. Um, I mean, it's been support coming from all over the world. And what's interesting is that interview was actually shot two weeks ago. And um, uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins got a hold to it. And he did a diss video, maybe like three o'clock in the morning. And it went, I got like 60,000 hits. And people like all over social media just started like, who is this kid? You know, and it was yeah. it was so crazy um, because what we're doing is very special. And um, people wanted to hear about it. Well, what you're doing is absolutely very special. Uh, I know just on my Instagram, I think it's over 400 or some, or some thousand likes, uh, yeah. usually beyond that. But uh, what you're doing is special, and it's so needed right now. Everybody in mm-hmm. our country, there's so much race baiting and racial tensions and division, divisiveness happening. You know, people call, you know, D.C., the, all the politicians there, the swamp. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. you're just plugging away, have a have a plan are enacting that plan, are changing lives for the better, are growing, and you bought a school. I, I got I watched your your video where you kind of elaborated on what you've done and and why you're doing it. And there's a beautiful story about that school as well that has mm-hmm. to do with the spelling bee uh, that you you won the spelling bee championship. I think it was in your district, and then the mm-hmm. next one was uh, held at that school. Share that story for us, if you will. Absolutely. So the school that we purchased, uh, ironically, um, when I first reached out to our school superintendent about seeing if they had any buildings that they weren't using um, for us to purchase for our school, um, he told me we had three locations that uh, were up for demolition. And so he asked me that I want to tour one of them. I was like, yeah. So I went and toured the school. I went to the school. I was like, wait, I remember this building. I lost my spelling bee in here. Um, and I was highly upset about that when I lost that spelling bee. I mean, I cried. I was livid because I spelled ratio wrong. And now what's crazy is I was in fourth grade and I never heard that word. I'm like, ratio? I'm like, I never heard of that word. Um, but anyway, so I spelled ratio wrong. And, you know, ever since then, I never wanted to go back there. I was highly upset. You know, but I was like, you know what? I want this building for a special reason now. You know, (laughs) revenge is very sweet. (laughs) So you go back, you bought a school. How many kids do you uh, uh, do you manage right now? How many of your kids are in your program? I have about 40 children in the program all together. Mind you, I was actually running this program out of my home. Well, I still am because uh, we still have to get the uh, building up to uh, to code and things like that before we actually move the children there. But I have children living here at my home with me. Um, I've taken custody of children from the juvenile court system um, because we don't have any rehabilitation programs uh, here where I live at all. We don't have any. Um, and I'm the only one that's taking children, you know, from juvenile court system and keeping them out of jail. Our program has a zero percent recidivism rate, meaning every child that's come to us from jail has never been back. Um, and that's something I love to tout. And I've been doing this since I was 19. And the children love to be here. Um, they love to get taught. They love to get out of their condition. And that's the beautiful thing for me. The kids just need some consistency. It's not about, you know, where they've grown up and things like that or who's teaching them. It's just they need consistency in their lives. And they want to they want to be taught. They want to get out of their conditions. And that's the beautiful thing to me. So me doing this, you know, it's, it's just been beautiful. It's been beautiful for me. Well, it's so amazing to see young man, 21 years old, doing it. Uh, obviously very smart. Again, you teach these kids skills that they'll be able to then go and utilize in their daily life. Talk about mm-hmm. some of the skills that you've been teaching these these young boys uh, from your house and going places to teach them. What are some of the stuff they're learning 
uh, in your program? Absolutely. So uh, the first year we learned, uh, the first year we learned uh, skill trades, baby King. Is, is um, that yeah, one of them? No, nah, that's baby King. That's my, that's my son. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, sir. Is King Jr.? Uh, King the second. King the second. second. Love it. I'm a junior. I'm David the second or a junior. Yeah, but all yeah, right. Yes, so, uh, so, sorry. Go ahead. Share with us some of the uh, the, the skill Absolutely. sets that you're teaching these kids. Yes, sir. So uh, what they are learning, uh, what they've been learning is automotive repair. Um, I teach them how to change brakes, change oil, change alternators, uh, water pumps, any little thing on a car. We've the boys have learned how to change. Uh, we've done uh, simple construction, like basic construction, like changing ceiling fans, uh, laying tile, sheetrock, changing toilets. Uh, they've done all of this. We also do firearms training as well. Um, the boys learn have to learn how to shoot guns because I want to demystify the weapon for them so that way they're not trying to go try it on their own. I have 12 weapons now and I want to make sure that they learn how to shoot every last one of them they shot the shotguns the pistols the assault rifles you name it they shot every weapon that i have um because i want to demystify it for them so they can stop asking questions about it and wanting to go you know do it on their own but they've already done it so i took that experience uh from them you know i want to make sure they learn somewhere where somebody's trying to teach them correctly um but also uh, the children are we have a book club um and that's because the first year of my summer camp i realized 12 out of the 20 children that i had couldn't read and i'm just like how are you guys passing through school and you guys can't read or write this is absolutely ridiculous um so how I started, old are these how old are these kids what are the what's the age range 11 to 17 man and and half of them can't read and write yeah, when my first year of summer camp, they couldn't read or write. And I'm just like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And I'm like, how are you guys passing through school and <laughs> you, you can't read or write? You know, and I'm just like, wow. we're graduating functionally illiterate kids. And I'm just like, this is not going to work. You know, so I started a book club and the boys started reading. We did vocabulary words every week, um, as well as doing life skills with some of the men that would come in from our community to come talk to the children and things like that. Then we started a book, uh, bowling team. Um, I want to get the boys into uh, different sports because a lot of black children where we live, you know, well, just in general, think they can only play basketball and football. And I'm just like, no, we every sport right. we get into, you can get money from it. You know, so bowling, yeah. uh, ping pong, professional ping pong players make six figures. They make one hundred and forty thousand dollars a year on average. You know, oh, so wow. I'm just like, you can go play ping pong. We want to do professional billers at our school. Um, and also uh, we want to make sure that the children also get some flight time on aviation simulators. We'll be um, buying aviation simulators wow. uh, for our school. So that way the children can get some flight time on those that they can transfer to actual actual flight school. Um, they can get hours from the aviation simulator. Um, so we've been, you know, teaching the boys a few things. They've done some welding workshops, um, you know, with some of the guys that know how to weld in our community. They've done ho horseback riding. They learn how to fly model airplanes. Um, they learn how to fly drones. They've done many things um, that I'm just kind of just thinking off the top of my head that I can remember that, you know, we taught the boys. So it's been a plethora of things, you know, and again, they're changing their lives from learning these things because they're opening their minds now. Absolutely amazing, my brother. Absolutely amazing. You know what's interesting? It. You know what's interesting? You shared in that clip that Roland Martin was, you were a fan of his, it seems mm -hmm. like. He retweeted something and called you stupid. It seems like he was bringing you on the show. He thought he was going to have his way with you. You know, we, we saw a clip yeah. before or after that clip. Uh, was he really just trying to, I mean, he, he can be a bully, right? He can be a bully. Mm -hmm. He wants to push his weight around and he's the one with the show. And, you know, who are you little kid? Who do you think you are? I think he thought he was going to bring you on the show and just destroy you. Uh, right. Which didn't happen, obviously. Right. Mm -hmm. What was the, you know, you said you were a fan of his. Uh, 
mm-hmm. are you thankful that he had you on the show? <laughs> absolutely. I still I still am grateful that he had me on the show. Uh, yeah, Mr. Roland didn't do uh, any. Um, he didn't vet me before he brought me on the show. So he really didn't know who I was. Uh, all he saw was black conservative. And he started retweeting stuff about voting and tagging me in it. And I'm just like. This not even my fight. Why are you? I don't even know you like that. You know, I'm, I was a fan of yours, but I, I used to watch some of your stuff, you know, growing up and stuff like that. But I'm just like, why, why are you tagging me and stuff about voting or whatever like that? So uh, he tagged another friend of mine. His name's Jalen Johnson. And um, he tagged him and he's the press secretary for Byron Donalds. But he couldn't come on the show because of his job. But I came and I was just like, I'm just going to tell him the same thing I told him on Twitter. Voting is not my fight. And he shared one of my videos when I said we should start going to do for self in our own communities. And he called me an idiot. And that's when I, you know, of course, I didn't like him anymore, um, but I didn't go back and forth with him. I didn't you know, I don't do back and forth stuff. I'm still I, I'm a grown man. I don't, I don't have time for that childish stuff. Um, but he invited me on the show and I was just like, well, I'll just go in there and tell him what my fight is and tell him I want to do for self. And when he brought me on the show, he didn't know who I was. And so usually when other people say do for self, they'll just, you know, recommend stuff that we should do. No, I be about the life I talk about. <laughs> so yeah. I, I told him, no, we would, we just bought a school. We bought a school bus. And I've been doing this for two years, keeping these children in my home, you know, teaching them for the past two years. I mean, we've done some of everything. And he was just uh, caught off guard by that. Um, but I just kept it respectful uh, the whole yes, interview. Yeah, I kept it respectful because I know my boys are watching me and I want to make sure that they understand um, what's going on. Um, and I wanted to understand how a man handles business um, and not just, you know, uh, going back and forth and cursing and things like that. Because people you know, was like, oh, you should have said this, that and the third. I'm like, I had a whole lot of stuff I could have said to him. But I was just like, no, I'm going to keep it respectful. And me doing that brought me so many fans. He lost so many fans because of this interview as well. Um, people have chastised him all over social media, YouTube, Instagram. Facebook, TikTok, everything. They have chastised him everywhere for not even saying good job, you know. And I I still invited him to come talk to the boys after the show. And um, but I noticed a lot of the slick things he was saying, like on his Twitter and in his panel afterwards. I was like, you know what? If you want to be an enemy, call him cool. I muted him and I kept moving. And he's made another video about it. And every YouTube comment is literally in disagreement with everything that uh, he said on the video. <laughs> he got he got more dislikes on the video than likes and everything. Like people have like destroyed him. Like he can't even make a post without people going under there saying he needs to apologize and things like that. But I muted him. And um, I, I don't have anything else to say to him. I appreciate him for bringing me on the show. I don't have any ill feelings, but I'm just going to mute you and I'm going to keep moving because you can't argue with the work. I made a tweet and said I don't argue yeah. with commentators because I do the work. So you can't argue with work. Talk versus work. Work going to win every time. And now a quick word from my number one sponsor, somebody that also believes in hard work and has a true American dream story just like King Randall hits Mike Lindell. Friends, he is taking a beating in the big box stores. 25 big box stores have canceled him. Big tech is coming after him. They're censoring him. They're silencing him. Meanwhile, he, he is still fighting for us, the American people. He's built an amazing company, 2,500 employees, and they are being sued because of uh, Mike's stance to, for an election integrity. So Mike's got over 110 products at MyPillow.com. I just got his new bath slippers. Uh, I love them. I got his bathrobe. I love his sheets and his mattress topper the most. Get over there and use the code TRUMP2020. I asked Mike if he was going to take that code down, and he said, no, there's still hope. So if you believe there's still hope and you hope and pray there is, use that code TRUMP2020 and go find yourself something nice at MyPillow.com. Whether you realize this or not, something that the the dynamic between you know an, an 
older, right? Roland's got to be in his 50, early 50s, I yeah, think. Yeah, he's like 52, I think. Yeah, he's early 52, early 50s, a liberal, right? Mm-hmm. But a prominent figure in the black community. A lot of the black community listens to what he has to say. Right. But with his leftist progressive ideologies, a lot of them, um, right. very left bent, very much, you know, hated on President Trump nonstop. Right. And then here you've got a young man that's a conservative that understands what it means to work and put the work in and has a reputation, has a history of doing that. The dynamic between those two really should show America who he should and should not be listening to. I think that's exactly why he's getting so much hate is if I heard you correctly, even after everything you shared that you've done and are doing for these boys, he did. He still didn't give you any kind of a congratulations or great job nope. or any kind of affirmation. He's, nope. He's been saying on Twitter, I'm pimping people and I'm lying to people, et cetera. You know, I'm just like I have like he tried to say that I was lying about, you know, the, my reason for coming on the show. I never lied about why I was coming on the show. You asked me to talk about voter suppression. I told you that wasn't my fight. Then you asked me what was my fight. Then you asked me what did I mean by do for self. You asked me these questions. I answered them. So he tried to say I was baiting and switching. I'm like, no, I didn't. I answered every question that you asked me. Um, that just is what it is. But, you know, um, I don't happens. like I said, that's what happens. When you catch when, when, when a liberal gets caught, especially in their own uh, snare. Right. Mm-hmm. He thought he set a trap for you. He thought he was going to just destroy you. You didn't know right. what you were talking about. Couldn't back it up. And when it backfired in his face, then he's got to turn around and blame it all on you. <laughs> right. I mean, and then some people say he could have been like better if he would apologize and like, yeah. you know, I respect the work he's doing, et cetera. But he's just still Anything. making comments, still making uh, crazy posts, whatever. And I hadn't responded to any of it. I'm just like, hey, you want to argue with yourself? You can. You know, I don't have time for that. I, like I said, I appreciate you for bringing me on the show, but you should have vetted, you know, me before I came on because you've lost so many supporters. No, um, so I'm many glad people. He didn't. No, yeah. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad he, you're glad that he did it. Right. If he, you, he probably wouldn't have had you on the show. That'd right. be like him trying to bring me or Candace Owens or Brandon Tatum on the show. He wouldn't want us on the show because we, right. he, he, he would be left with egg all over his face and wouldn't know which way to turn. Uh, that's what he didn't think he was going to get with you. So it, it's a good thing that he did not bet you. Uh, and mm-hmm. absolutely amazing that you got to be on the show. Your, right. your work caught the attention of President Donald Trump. You were invited to the White House. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. How many kids went with you to the White House? Uh, it was nine of them that went to the White House with me. This was their first plane ride, first time uh, going into uh, like a fancy hotel. I mean, these kids from Albany, Georgia, at one point was the fourth poorest city in the nation. Some of them have been incarcerated before, et cetera. So for them to get this experience, it was beautiful. Got a little flack from it from our community, mostly supportive. But some people were just like, why are you taking me to see Donald Trump? And I'm just like, if it was Joe Biden or anybody else, you guys wouldn't be mad. It's about the experience, regardless of if he, yes. you like him or not. You know, even some of their parents, you know, they were just like, you know, I don't like him like that. But, you know, it's an experience, you know, so that's it was great for them. And they enjoyed it. They thought he was funny and cool. You know, hey, that's just what they thought. But I'm just like, it was it's about us. It's more about our work that we're doing. We got yeah. invited because of the work, not because of, you know, him. We got invited because of the work. That's what you should be proud of, regardless of who's there. Did you get a chance to meet Donald Trump, President Donald nope. Trump? Personally? He had nope. He didn't. He just he had just like got diagnosed uh, with COVID. I think like, he was his first day out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had just got diagnosed with COVID. Mm-hmm. But it we didn't get a chance been, to see him. Mm-hmm. It must have been right after uh, a bunch of us were at the White House for Black History Month. 
the end of February. And it was like a week or two later that they, all the COVID stuff just broke out and they started shutting everything down. Yeah. Uh, when, yeah, when he got diagnosed, it was, I think it was October, I think. Um, oh, okay. This, so this was towards the end of last year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He got di- when you said uh, you said when he got diagnosed. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. was towards the end of last year. So he is. So even during COVID and everything else, he has still reached out to you and invited you guys to the White House. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so amazing. So what would you say to all the people out there that are stuck on all this race, racial tension, the race issues, the race baiting, you know, the Black Lives Matter stuff. Now it's Asian Lives Matter stuff. All of these things that are, to me, distractions from doing the work. But what would you say to those in the black community, uh, the white community, Hispanic community, Asian community? What would you say to anybody out there that is concerned with, uh, you know, the race baiting and the racial tensions that are going on and are trying to find where to put their, you know, allegiance, so to speak, where they're going to, you know, stack, stake, uh, stake their flag in the ground and say, this is what I'm going to champion. What would you say to, to, to them out there? Uh, absolutely. Well, y- yesterday I did an Instagram live. And um, if people have looked at my following, my following is super diverse. Uh, it's it's so mixed uh, with people of all different political ideologies, etc. Black, white, Hispanic. Uh, our following is like super huge, like just different people. So while I was on the Instagram live, I, I asked people, I said, I want you guys to look at yourselves in the comments. I said, you guys got Confederate flags, you got the MAGA in there, then you got my whole teppers and the RBG flags and the Nation of Islam and the Hebrew Israelites. I said, look at all of you guys united under this one cause. I said, look at you guys. And nobody could disagree because it was like, wow, like this is for real. Like you are all unified under this one thing and that's doing for your community. Nobody can get upset with that. There's nobody that should disagree with that. You know, us doing for our own community. So I simply say, you know, no matter what your ideologies are, if you just go out here and be a good person, do something positive in your communities, keep the negativity away. I think every we can make the world a better place. And that's what we're doing. You know, I just simply got away from all the politics and got away from what everybody's mad at it. Etc. And I, we just started doing work and focusing on what we need in our own communities. And we've been able to make things happen that way. So I definitely believe with the racial tension, the race baiting, et cetera, just do the work. Just do the work. I think if people just focused on what you said, being the best person that they could be, being as mm-hmm. impactful as they can be in their own community, work hard, do the work. You know, hard work is the, it's the equalizer for everything else. Right. It's just willing to work hard. You know, uh, I don't know if you personally had anybody that stood in your way or looked down at you or demeaned you because of the color of your skin. But whether they did or not, it doesn't seem like it mattered. No, it's not going to bother me. I don't care who's standing in my way. Black, white, Hispanic. uh, We're still going to get it done. Uh, We have big boy faith. We believe in ourselves and nobody's going to stop us from doing it. And I believe if me and some teenagers can go purchase a not just any school, it's not like a little storefront. It's 36,000 square feet, 25 classrooms, 11 acres, cafeteria, library, everything except the gym. If some a 21 year old and some teenagers can go do this, I believe anybody can go affect change in their communities. So good. I love that. I love that shirt. I saw you had that shirt on too. Big boy faith. Share yes, with everybody, sir. share with everybody what, how important is faith to you? Absolutely. Uh, well, I'll just tell the story about our faith. Uh, so doing this organization, um, like for the past two years, I hadn't had any money. Um, I've been doing this broke. 
uh, honestly, just been doing it just because I wanted to. I've been asking my mom to help me feed the children. Um, uh, you know, our lights got turned off a few times. Like, we've been stuck on the side of the road, et cetera. But I'd never really been posting this stuff on social media until somebody asked me to start posting it. Um, but we, we, you know, come from the gutter. I mean, I got some bunk beds and put them in my living room. And, you know, the kids slept in there and we was eating uh, hot dogs, beanies and weenies, noodles, hot $5 hot and ready pizzas, you know, but we still believe, I still believe in what I knew we could do. The boys still believed in it. Their parents still believed in what I was teaching, mm-hmm. you know, and they believed in having their children with this 19-year-old kid, 20-year-old kid. They trusted me that much with their children. I had parents send their children three hours away from home to come live with me and come get some good teaching. So we, I believed in myself the whole time. We believed in our program the whole time. The boys will tell you to this day where we've come from, you know, and uh, just all of it. Some days we barely had anything to eat, but we made it happen, you know, so I, we just believed in ourselves. So we posted, uh, uh, I think it was a, yeah, it was a, some pictures of us doing sheetrock on Twitter one time and it, it made a few rounds and, uh, people were just like, can you guys make a GoFundMe? And I was like, yeah. And then we raised like $10,000, like within the first week, you know, of people seeing wow. the work that we were doing because people don't see this everywhere, especially at our age, you know? Yeah. So, uh, we did it, um, and we went building shopping and we made it happen. And so I want to make sure we're remaining super transparent. We went building shopping and, we just had faith in what we were doing. And I tell the boys all the time about being a blessing. All the time, the boys will tell you, I just give to people all the time. Uh, for Christmas, we serve uh, 45 families. Uh, we simply, uh, I, t- I made a post and said, uh, send me an email list of people who don't have money to get their children gifts for Christmas. Me and my little brother and the boys, we went shopping for four days straight. Um, and we just bought all types of gifts, 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 gifts. And we just went all out to hotels, people living in hotels, homeless, mm-hmm. et cetera. But we brought gifts and good gifts to you know their kids. Whatever they wanted, we make sure they got it. So we just try to make sure we're always being a blessing because we always get those blessings back. That's how God works. So I'm constantly giving so that way we can keep receiving. And it's all paying off for us now. And um, now people are about to see us go and work on this school. Just like Kobe said, job's not finished. We're just getting started. Yeah, so good. Well, I believe that uh, God has amazing things in store for you, King. It is just the beginning. Uh, and if people want to support you and the work that you're doing, uh, where could they go to uh, to donate and support you? Absolutely. You can go to the xforboys.org. That's T-H-E, the letter X, F-O-R-B-O-Y-S dot org. You can go there and see all of our pictures, all of our videos. You can go there to donate, get you some merchandise, uh, reach out to me via email, whatever you like to do. It's all on the website um, it, and it has my social media handles on there as well. TheX4Boys.org. Love it, yep. King. Love what you're doing. I uh, would love to uh, stay connected with you. I'd love to actually fly out and actually visit with you, man, and see what you're oh, doing yeah. out there. Um, absolutely. Uh, yeah, lo- love what you're doing. Love your heart and absolutely going to be praying for you. And and just I, I know having been uh, a, li- a little bit into this social media and what can happen, I know God has amazing things for you. Doors are opening up for you. Uh, and he's just going to continue to amplify you as you fight uh, for the kids, for the children, and and, and the fact that you're teaching them benevolence in the process. I mean, it's like the whole package, man. You are, you are doing it. So God bless you, my brother. Thank you so much for joining me today. And, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll stay connected. Stay, stay tuned. I'll be right back. All right. Thanks. All right. Friends, absolutely amazing. What King Randall is doing for the youth in his own community, absolutely shredding, destroying the narrative that has anything to do with anybody being held down or held back because of their race. Please get over to the X. 
www.fortboys.org uh, and check out what King Randall is doing. Check out the pictures over there. You've got to see the school. Like you said, it's not a small school. It's 36,000 square feet. Uh, it is absolutely going to be amazing for the youth, and I believe that there's going to be a lot more youth that come. Don't forget to get over to MyPillow.com. Use that code TRUMP2020 when you do. And uh, please share this broadcast. Share it all over the place. Share it. Retweet it. Send out the podcast to friends and family. And we'll see you all next time. Have a great rest of your evening. God bless. Bye-bye. My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris Jr. Show.